As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Your Daily Meds, where we're going to be meditating on God's Word for true medicine for every area of your life. The Apostle Paul encourages us in chapter 14 of Romans to not put a stumbling block in front of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. He makes a couple of comments in this passage about the judgment seat of Christ and how, who are we to judge another man's servant? So I want to look at these concepts today. The main issue that Paul is dealing with is that idea of passing judgment on one another. So we are going to talk about that, but I also want to clarify a few things that we should know about the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Welcome to your daily meds. I'm Cassandra Barbato, your host. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and of course, share this episode with the people in your life so they can get the true medicine of God's word. And if you want to learn more about the podcast or support us financially, you can go to yourdailymeds.org. All right, let's just move on today and get right into it. Romans chapter 14, and I'm going to start down here in uh, verse 10. All right, so he says, but as for you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or you as well, why do you regard, regard your brother or sister with contempt? For we will all appear before the judgment seat of God. All right, so a couple of things. There's another passage uh, in 1 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul tells us to judge the people in the church. So we need to rightly divide these two things because Paul is not contradicting himself. He's talking about two different subjects. In this passage here, he's referencing uh, people's convictions and their preference. So those who, who are very convinced that, you know, one day is very holy and they're going to set apart that day for the Lord and, and worship God a special on that special way on that day, right? Uh, versus somebody who's like, every day is the same and I'm going to worship God, you know, as though every day is just as special. He makes another comment about eating meat versus not eating meat. So these things have to do with somebody's personal convictions of worship towards the Lord. Yeah. And then he talks about that. We're all going to give an account to God. So let's read a little bit more. And then I want to talk about that next. Okay. He says, uh, for it is written, this is verse 11. As I live, says the Lord to me, every knee will bow and every tongue will give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Okay. So here's, here's what I want to talk about just for a moment. It's important for us to remain in the understanding of who we are in Christ. We are the righteousness of God. We've been given the gift of righteousness. So if that is the case, then the judgment seat of God, 
the judgment seat of Christ, the giving of an account to God himself will not be in reference to our sin. Does that make sense? Because Christ already dealt with it. So let me give you a couple of verses that we should look at in, in regards to this idea of the judgment seat, because I've, you know, I've had conversations with actually quite a few believers on this subject and there's this overlying idea of, yeah, our sins are forgiven, but we're still going to be judged negatively by God. Well, I have a really difficult time seeing how I'm going to be judged negatively. Like I'm going to have punishment coming when all my sin, all my wrongdoing, all my disobedience was already punished in, in Christ. It was already judged in Christ. So if it was already judged, I, I'm not going to stand judgment for those things. Does that make sense? We, how could we stand judgment for something that God has already judged? So the, I, I want to talk today just a moment about what the judgment is not going to be. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. The, the last two verses say this. So verse 27 and 28, he says, And just as it is destined for people to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await for him. All right, let's let's read through that one more time so we can kind of soak it all in and then point a couple of things out. So verse 27, he says, and just as it, it is destined for people to die once and after this comes judgment. So it's not like there's judgment and then another judgment and then another judgment. It's one death and one judgment, Okay. Uh, verse 28, he says, so Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await for him. All right. So notice the, the once thing that's there, All right, This passage is about the, the priests of the old covenant having to offer sacrifices over and over again. And that Christ isn't going to do that. He's just, it's just one offering for to bear the sins of the many. And then when he comes back the second time, it's going to be without reference to sin. Well, why? Because he already dealt with sin at the cross. And, and it's specific though. It's not to everyone. It's not that everyone is in the kingdom of God because of the work of the cross. No, you must believe. So this, this without reference to sin is only to those who are eagerly awaiting him. Yeah. And you in Christ are eagerly awaiting him because you've been born of the spirit and in you, whether your emotions and your thoughts are in alignment with your new creation or not, you are eagerly awaiting him in the spirit. Okay. That's another thing that we really need to understand that your spirit person has been regenerated. It's been renewed. It is in perfect agreement with God's word. It's in perfect agreement with God's law. And it is righteous and holy and just. It is eternal. It is all these things. And we are waiting for the fullness of that to come in our, our, our mind. Yes, because that is still being renewed right now. So our soul, our, our mind, and our emotions, we're still awaiting the fullness of regeneration there and fullness of regeneration in the physical body. But in your spirit person, you've been regenerated. You've been renewed. Okay, so this second time, Christ is not coming for to deal with sin that you have committed in your thoughts or in your actions. 
He's coming back for the fullness of salvation for your thinking person and your physical person. Does that make sense? So the whole, the the coming back is going to be for the fullness of salvation. It is not going to be to judge you according to wrongdoings that you've done in your flesh, in your person, because you've already been judged at the cross for those things. So this is what the judgment seat is not going to be about. It's not going to be about your sin, your disobedience, or your iniquities. Okay, let's add one more verse to this in Hebrews to solidify this. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 8, the writer of Hebrews quotes the Old Testament and talks about the new covenant, right? In verse 10, he says, Therefore, this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. Okay. And he goes down, he says, I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. Look, this is something that God is doing. He's already regenerated your spirit person. And he is, he has written all the laws there and they are being written on your heart and your mind as you are renewed to the truth. And there's going to be a completion of that. God is not going to fail in his fullness of salvation in the believer. And then it says, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. There's, it doesn't sound like there's a way out of that. It sounds like God has declared that those who have, have believed on to Christ, this is what they get. We, the apostle Paul teaches very clearly that you enter this, this new birth and this new kingdom by faith and faith alone. So once we've believed God is your God and you are his people, try and escape what God is doing. You cannot. Why would you, right? Why would you want to escape the one who loves you? All right, verse 11, he says, and they will not teach each one his fellow citizen and each one his brother saying, know the Lord for they will all know me. Well, how does that work? Because we've got a lot of preachers and teachers talking about Jesus all the time, right? Why would, why would we still be doing that if we don't need to do, you know, teach one another? Well, this is talking about that knowing of your internal person that has been united with the spirit of God. That knowing is, a, is not the, the knowledge of being trained up the way that we teach one another. It's that intimate relationship. That's not something you can teach. Uh, it's something we can talk about to encourage people to understand, but it's not something that, you know, you can't teach unity. It, it is there. You have the spirit. He is in you. He's united with you. You've become one with him. Amen. So this is a knowing, a different kind of knowing. It's an intimate relationship. Then he goes on and he says, from the least to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful towards their wrongdoings. Mercy has to do with not getting what you deserve. Yes. While grace is unearned favor, it's like the getting blessed beyond right? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And we have both in Christ. We've got mercy and we have favor. Then he says, and their sins, I will remember no longer, no more. God does not remember your sin. He put it in Christ. He literally dealt with it in its fullness 2000 years ago when Jesus Christ was crucified on your behalf. So we want to understand that, that the judgment seat of Christ is not dealing with your sin. It has already been dealt with in the person of Christ. 
And the only way it's really dealing with sin is, is when you come to the judgment seat, are you in Christ or not? Because if you're in Christ, your judgment for sin has already passed. And you, you are now standing before him totally right and accepted. Amen. All right. So that's something I want to make sure we know this, but let's go back and kind of look at this passage in Romans a little bit more about, um, not judging one another. So he continues in verse 13. He says, therefore, let's not judge and one another anymore, but rather determine this not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother or sister's way. All right. So he's saying, look, why are you judging somebody's personal convictions for their worship style or their, you know, whatever it is in the way that they want to, their preferences and their, where their faith is at in regards to God. Let, let the Lord, he's, he's going to, we're all going to come before that judgment seat. We're all, we're all standing before God and he is the one who's going to be judging his servants. We don't need to do that. Yes. He even starts out this chapter saying, accept the one who is weak in faith, but not to pass judgment on them. It's not like you bring them in and then you tell them how they're messed up. No, allow the spirit of God to lead us into more and more freedom. Okay. Some people have very strict convictions about how they must worship and they, they are feeling as though this is their way of worshiping God. They're recognizing him as boss and in their convictions, they are worshiping according to what they feel the Lord is, is asking of them. Yeah. And we're not to put a stumbling block in their way by coming against those things. We can encourage freedom and teach the Lord Jesus Christ properly and allow the Holy Spirit to train people out of their, you know, rigid or legalistic mindset or whatever it is. But this, this idea of passing judgment is out of line because we are all servants of the one King, the one God. Yes. So he says, and I know I am convinced in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself. So he's saying, I know that nothing's unclean. I can worship God every day. I don't have to set a special day apart. I can eat all the foods, you know, varieties. And I don't have to set uh, special food groups apart as this, my, my act of worship. He says, um, but to the one who thinks something is unclean to that person, it is unclean. In other words, if they're thinking it's unclean and they go and eat or they, um, you know, don't worship a certain way and they end up feeling convicted, they get themselves under that sense of shame and guilt and worry that God is displeased with them. And this is a stumbling block to our brothers and sisters. We want, we want to avoid that kind of thing. Yes. So he says, for if because of your food, your brother or sister is hurt, you are no longer walking in accordance with love. Do not destroy with your choice of food that person for whom Christ died. Amen. So as you're meditating on God's word today, I think that we could pull a few things out of this passage of scripture. One, that you know, you want to be careful at the things that you approve to people that may not have the same convictions. You know, Paul, he was convinced that he could eat all things, but if it came down to it, he wasn't going to eat stuff that would cause his brother to stumble. And we can be like that with each other in the church. We can be sensitive to other people's convictions and where they are in their relationship with the Lord and uh, be careful not to approve of things that they would really end up struggling with. Yeah, that would put a, a searing thing on their conscience. Um, secondly, you know, this, 
this idea of the judgment seat is important because we want to know one of the reasons why we are not going to be condemning one another is because we have a judge. Yeah. Almighty God is the one who stands in authority. So we really don't have a place ever to condemn, even if we are taking our stand against something in, in the church or our lives that is just wrong. And we're, we're not going to allow that, that damage or abuse or, you know, that kind of thing. We're going to take our stand against it. Even in that we are not to condemn because that person has, has almighty God as their judge and Christ died for that person to have the forgiveness of their sin. So we want to leave the, the condemnation that that's taking place in, in the future for those who reject Christ. Let's leave that and that, and deciphering who that is up to the Lord. Amen. And finally, I, I hope that you take away that for the believer, that that judgment seat is not going to be against your sin. Your sin has already been judged in Christ. Amen. And as you are meditating on God's word, you be blessed today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Daily Meds. Don't forget, you can like and comment, subscribe, and of course, share, share, share this episode so that the people in your life can get the true medicine that they need as well. We've got new episodes coming out Monday through Friday, and they're on all your favorite podcast apps, but you can go to our website as well and listen there at yourdailymeds.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.